Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. And I'm super excited to welcome back on the program, Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to see you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Um, yeah, I hope it's going to be a happier one. Yes. I hope it's going to be a happy New Year, basically. Um, the only way is up, I suppose, if you've been through a, a not such a good year. Oh, I hope so. I hope we haven't just junk- jinxed it, though, eh? I hope not. Um, but yes. We are live on Facebook, by the way. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And you'll be able to see and hear the lovely Cruzan with, with your lovely, lovely background. Um, a bowl of noodles. Um, I know, it looks delicious. <laughs> because that's the audio yeah. column today. It's um, all about noodles. Yeah, so we're talking about noodles today. And you go, why are we talking about noodles? Well, two reasons. Two reasons we're talking about noodles. One... I have toddlers and I've been entertaining them with Play-Doh. And we have one of those old fashioned things that you squeeze the Play-Doh out of and it comes out as noodles. I have that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's so, I actually get frustrated with my children. I'm like, don't you want to sit and play with this? It's so satisfying. Did you have one growing <laughs> up? Cause I never did. So I, now I'm just like, I think it's I mine. Did. It, I definitely think I did. It did have like, it has like a familiarity to me of like that gesture. But anyway, but that was one thing. And the second thing is one of my children eats more noodles in a sitting than I thought it was possible for any human to eat. So I've had like a lot of noodles in my life lately. Um, And I also was thinking about like how a lot of people have probably been um, chowing down on them around the world um, in lockdown, et cetera, et cetera. And the ease of the takeout noodle, Um, especially because I find this very much soup noodle weather. Like, you know, it's a little bit chilly, not freezing cold. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is soup noodle weather. Um, but I kind of, I thought it was kind of interesting. I think I haven't, I'm not really an instant noodle eater myself anymore. I think I was when I was like a student. And I definitely am on, well, if we ever do them again, on long haul flights where you can like, you know, on like cafe and you can say, can I just get cup noodles? Like that's the only time I get cup noodles on a plane. Like it's the most impractical thing you could give someone sitting in a small space is a tall, hot pot of liquid with slurpy, splashy things. But it almost whatever. makes you feel like you're getting your money's worth, though. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it's that. I've not been it's... hungry in the past, but I've asked for sort of cup noodles on a flight as well. <laughs> it's a comfort. <laughs> Um, But it's really funny, isn't it? So I wanted to to talk about noodles a little bit. Um, Of course, we get a lot of noodles here in Hong Kong, but we're going to talk a little bit more about instant noodles later, which are really fascinating and super interesting. Um, China is actually believed to be the country of origin of noodles. Um, They were made for the first time in 2000 BC, so 4,000 years ago, using a cereal grain called millet. And apparently, of course, countries around the world have started making different variants and noodles, um, you know, with different kinds of ingredients. And of course, I'm not talking about pasta because, of course, you could like debate is spaghetti a noodle? Is it not a noodle? You know, like depends on the kinds of flours used and grains used and eggs and all those sorts of things. But of course, while China takes the credit for creating noodles, Japan is responsible for the invention of the easy to cook and inexpensive variety of noodles called instant ramen noodles. So the curly, whirly, crispy, crispy disc (laughs) we all know and love. Um, After the Second World War, the country suffered a huge financial crisis and the invention was mass produced to feed thousands of hungry mouths in the country in an easy and cost effective manner. And in a way, um, instant ramen are almost considered like a cultural icon of Japan now and have made their way to markets around the world. Um, so it's quite incredible, like how many people and how many places around the world eat noodles. So even like very Western cities and countries have massive issues, with, like massive 
oh, I guess a love affair with noodles. I remember working on checkouts um, when I was a student at a supermarket and all the students, fellow students who would come in at like 10 p.m. and just be mass buying packets of instant noodles. And that was in New Zealand, right? So was it like, goreng by any chance? Because I know my friends in Australia love a bit of goreng, and that's oh, the Indonesian no, I noodles. This was, I think delicious. this was like house brand. This yeah. was like house brand, like instant <laughs> noodles. There was no, there was no name. Um, it was just generic, like chicken noodle sort of thing. Um, in fact, in Australia, the annual consumption of noodles is 18 million kilos of noodles. Wow. A kilo of noodles for every person, which when I heard that actually doesn't sound like that many, having watched my toddler, having watched my three and a half year old eat so many noodles, I'm like, a kilo? She could put that away today. You know, like that's not a, I don't know what we're worried about there. Um, but of course, they're, they're quite fascinating. Here, they have a bit of symbolism representing longevity in China, which is why they're an intro, you know, part of birthday celebrations um, for us here in this area, because it's, you know, the lo- having long noodles for long life and that we shouldn't chop them, chop them up or anything. You should be um, taking them in their full form. Um, but of course, it's pretty interesting. They, they are an incredibly cheap meal. Um, and apparently they're not always the most in unhealthy thing as well. Of course, instant noodles, it's a bit different because you've got preservatives and flavors and stuff like that. But in general, a noodle is not a terrible, terrible thing. Um, what I really find fascinating. So this in- interesting thing about um, noodles in Japan. So they've been voted repeatedly as Japan's most successful invention ahead of the high speed train, the laptop, and karaoke. So they're considered, they're really considered like the, the ultimate. Well, if you think about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, sort of food Saying and shelter. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. I, I said, oh, well, yeah. if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of yeah. needs, you've got food and shelter as your basic needs. So, it, you know, noodles is food. Meets you, you, you need it. Makes sense. <laughs> you do need it. Um, and last year across the globe, more than 100 billion servings of instant noodles were eaten. That's 13 servings for every person on the planet. And when we think about the fact that not every person on the planet is eating them, it means some people are really eating a lot of them. Um, But interestingly, um, instant noodle sales have fallen in Japan since the invention's heyday in the 70s and 80s, where it was really, really famous. And now they only occupy around 5% of all global sales. But Japan is still the world's third biggest consumer of instant noodles after China and Indonesia, with more than 5.5 billion servings being eaten a year in Japan. So it's a lot. But what's interesting is the story behind instant noodles. Um, it's believed that um, the, you know this dorm room staple um, was brought over to Japan by Chinese chefs in the 1880s. And of course, ramen noodles are in their meat, in, you know, in their basic form. They're wheat noodles served in a soupy block broth with some different bits and pieces on top, meat or tofu or whatever. And of course, it's been adapted over and over again. And that idea of having those kinds of noodles is now that like, there's so many different flavors. You go to a supermarket, it's like a half an aisle in most supermarkets here of instant noodles. Can we talk about flavors later on in the show? Sort of weird and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Later on. I look forward to that conversation. Um, But yeah, so basically what they say is that the original kind of ramen was uh, eaten by Japanese laborers. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, that was World War II that kind of changed everything. Large tracts of Japan were decimated by bombing. And when the war came to a close in 1945, the surviving population was starving hungry. Um, And this is where um, Momofuku Ando enters the picture. Ando 
he's affectionately known as, um, had earned and lost his fortunes in native Taiwan. So he was originally from Taiwan and then in Japan. He made millions in industrial parts during the war and then lost it. And then at one point he went to prison for fraud. Um, he then headed up a bank, which collapsed. And like, this is like a serial entrepreneur who's like a little bit sketchy. And then he wanted to rebuild his reputation as well as his fortune. Um, so a decade after the war had ended, his contacts in the um, uh, um contacts in Japan's Ministry of Agriculture told him they were really eager to figure out how to push Japanese people to eat more American wheat flour, the key component of US aid at the time. So US was sending over all this aid and they were sending wheat flour, which was not what people in Japan ate. So they had no idea what to do with it, right? So Ando, this is how the story goes, remembered something he'd seen at the end of the war, which was these queues of exhausted people waiting in long lines for bowls of ramen's, ramen's noodle soup. And so what he needed, he thought, was a speedy version of that very working class comfort food and a food that conveniently used lots of American wheat flour, which they had in abundance. And so at the age of 48, he transformed himself into a food inventor and he disappeared into a wooden shed in the back garden every day for a year. And when he emerged, he'd invented a product that looks almost identical to the rectangular bricks of instant noodles that we see on our supermarket shelves. He was the inventor. And you see, um, you know, they, they have uh, Japan has three instant noodle museums and they have recreated his shed in each of them, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, so it's so fascinating. So it's quite incredible as, um, you know, all the different types of things. And maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the flavors. What? Because, I mean, there's I think they're, they're, they're born in Japan, instant noodles, but they've gone to great lengths to seem local wherever they're eaten so some countries have like basil and olive and tomato some have like curry or creamy seafood like they're trying to treat the noodle as a pasta um, and apparently in mexico noodles are eaten with salsa and slices of lime oh, fancy <laughs> yeah. what what are some of the flavors that you've come across well i was just trying to think of some of my favorites i love a bit of a tom yum kung flavor uh, you know those cup noodles but, oh yeah sure sure but one that really struck me was uh, michelle the producer of back chat she brought in uh, some cup noodles the other day uh, about a few months ago and it was lobster bisque flavor can you believe it fascinating lobster fascinating. bisque sounds very fancy lobster doesn't bisque. it and apparently, I've never That's tried it. it. Were they good? Did she seem to, was she enjoying them? She enjoyed it immensely and she was recommending it to us. But, mm. you know, and, and the truth is, every time I went to look for it, I can't find it. So if you any can of our listeners well, I'll can... I'll keep an eye out if I see them. Yeah, for sure. Sounds... I'll make sure I send you a, a, a yearly <laughs> supply of them. Um, <laughs> what are your some of our uh, personal um, favourites, It is fascinating how they have just gone all around the world and they are as popular as they are. Um, I also found this incredible article all about how cup noodles have become the new cigarettes in prisons in the US in terms of like contraband and like being able to kind of barter with something. Cup noodles are gold. And in um, it's fascinating. I spent like way too much time last night reading articles about this. It's incredible. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, they used to see this thing. You know, they used to, it's like a survival food in in prisons. Um, and they found that they can they can make them. They use them to make so many different kinds of things. And they make like burritos with them and pizza bases with them and stuff. And people just use instant noodles for everything, um, which is you know, ugh, like a sad way of looking at the 
you know, like a prison system that people are reduced to that, but also the fact that it's, um, you know, so anyway, kind of remarkable. It's also remarkable in terms of what they what they signify, um, what they signify for um, when we look at our economy. So this is really interesting. So there is a professor of food science called Professor Meng Sui, who says they call her the kind of um, grand dame of the noodle industry. Um, so she's really fascinated in looking at this. So she says that every food is a product of its own time. And she's traced and witnessed the arc in noodle consumption and how it followed China's own path over the past 40 years. So actually, um, in China, instant noodle sales have been dropping every year about 16%. Like they, they keep dropping. They're actually going down a bit. Which seems fascinating because you think, as you said, like the novelty of hundreds of different flavors seems like something like that's a market that would be all over that. But what she's what this particular scientist said is she said it um, each rise and drop in instant noodle sales has reflected distinct times in China's modern history. She shows the government's numbers showed that half of workers lived in dormitories in 2011. Um, and five years later, only 13 percent of factory workers did so. So that's big. 50% to only 13%, 60% had moved into rented housing, places with kitchens that allowed them to cook what they wanted. So there was no need for instant noodles. So before you had terrible, um, terrible working conditions where something like instant noodles were just the perfect, you know, you don't have anywhere you don't have a lot of space. You don't have a, you don't have a full kitchen. You don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of space. So adding some hot water to a cup of noodles is a very quick filling, satiating meal. So these like, you know, these scores of workers, that's what they needed. But of course, you can't treat people like that. Like, so of course, now, as people are now being able to live in rented accommodation, they don't have to be bunked into these horrible workers dormitories and not have those. They actually have their own kitchen. And they're like, I think I'd quite like to just like, you know, do my own thing tonight. I don't need a cup of noodles, which is really, really, um, really, really interesting. But what is interesting as well, is that um, noodle makers, um, shouldn't think that that means that like the market's dead because the other fascinating thing is that millennials have not learned to cook so <laughs> they have not learned to cook they're like a generation of like fantastic takeout and gourmet dining out and stuff so they haven't learned to cook so what happened is um they you know that they, they they're trying to they they found that you know they're dependent on convenience foods and deliveries so noodles are becoming quite popular in that way which is quite interesting. So they're not they're not exactly on their way out yet. But yeah, so That's, it's I mean I don't know. Do you find them comforting or? Yeah, I I love instant comforting? noodles, but you know it's just at the back of my at, at the back of my head I always hear my mom saying it's so unhealthy the MSG. Which to yeah. be fair, it's the MSG that makes it so tasty, but it's not very healthy. Yeah, it's true. Yes, and it's very sort of calorific because they 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 deep fry the, the those noodles so it's kind of oily yeah sure, um, sure and it's very salty i don't know it makes me really thirsty afterwards so i i feel like yeah. a, a, as as we grow up it's sort of the the pros uh, so the cons outweigh the, the, the pros cons outweigh yeah. the pros oh for what sure what about for you, and it's interesting. Do you are you a big fan no, I, no i think i oh i love noodles but i think i do become a bit of i have become a bit of a noodle snob mm. now that you know like especially i i become like ridiculous once it starts getting really cold and it's soup noodle weather i'm like very specific about what type of noodle i would like Udon in noodles. My soup noodles or 
Yeah. See, I'm not an udon noodle person. I like them a bit thinner. Uh, sorry, like Chris, I've got to go now. Sorry, we can't continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be you'd be at home with my children who lap up udon like it is going out of style. But um, what about flat the original noodles? noodles that I mentioned that originally came about in China about four thousand years ago were, were 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 a luxury item because they were made with this millet grass grain. So um, they were not easy. You know, it was not easy to access the first ones because they weren't wheat; they were millet. You know, so so they were actually not. They weren't the cheapest thing to make. They weren't the easiest thing to make. So that's pretty fascinating too. Interestingly, noodles have been to space. So Momofuku Andu, Ando, the creator of the instant noodle, he um, he actually created um, a specific instant noodle that could be eaten in space. And Japanese astronaut Suichi Nokuchu took them to space with him in 2005. So they were these zero gravity instant noodles shaped like balls that space travelers could eat. Like as if again, like it's not the most practical food, and we're going to have the most impractical food and the most impractical place for eating the most impractical food, and we're going to try and find a way. But hey, I guess that's just innovation, right? That's how it happens, and that's how it works. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan so yeah, of, of course, soba noodles as well. You know the Japanese cold noodles. Oh yeah, noodles? those are nice. Those are quite yes, tasty. I do like those. I do like those. I do have to say that I find, even though in principle they seem like they'd be the same thing. Spaghetti is not a noodle. So like, really? no, I, I couldn't, like if I, I would not make, this is just me being ridiculous. I couldn't make a stir fry with spaghetti. I'd have to, I'd have to purchase noodles. I've done so noodles. before when I was, you know, a, a poor uni student and, you know, you just grab a packet oh, of sure. spaghetti or angel hair for that matter and make it oh, seem sure. like vermicelli. Angel hair's a bit different. Because, oh, if you yeah, went, yeah. because if you went to an Asian supermarket, I don't know, in the UK, it's actually more expensive to buy thin noodles than a packet of angel hair spaghetti. Yes, it kind of tastes similar. I mean, in a soup base, you can't really tell the difference. Well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I do. I, I think they're fascinating, though. And I think there's something very wholesome about a big bowl of noodles. I find it very, I feel extra wasteful if I don't finish a bowl of noodles. Do you know what I mean? There's something like they just, or when, have you ever had one of those bowls of noodles that just doesn't seem to get smaller as you're eating it? You're like, where is it? I'm eating it and it is not disappearing. Have you ever had one of those bottomless bowls of noodles? Yeah. What about that yeah. point that some people don't feel full after eating noodles? They have to have, I don't know, uh, rice or, or, or pasta or something. Do, do you feel full after a bowl of noodles out of curiosity? Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely yeah. do. Yeah, I think I definitely do. I have had friends, though, um, the size of matchsticks, who you don't know where they would put all of the food they eat and will be like they're having like a hot pot or something and there'll be all this broth left. And they'll be like, just waiter, just bring us a couple of bowls of udon. And then I'm like, how? How are you How are you going to just do that? But there's all this broth. I'm like, it's just broth. Like, you don't have to eat broth. I don't want to waste the broth. I'm like, so you're going to eat? Oh, fascinating. I love it. I love this sort of thing. Um, and I think I, I do find like... um pictures of bowls of noodles like the one behind me today it's just it's something very textural and fun about it isn't there and there's something about um, yes, noodles that people want to replicate as well you know like with zoodles people are, use zucchini or other vegetables oh, it's not the same. It absolutely it doesn't it's have the same the but same. it's just to sort of replace because they like the the, the the i don't know the length of noodles so much that they're using um, a healthier option if you like you know it's a way to eat your vegetables and yeah, that's the appeal of noodles, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yes. I have tried zucchini noodles and I weren't they weren't too bad. I thought they were pretty they were pretty tasty, but they're not the same. Like it's not gonna be the same. It's not as satisfying and not as comforting to eat a bowl of zucchini than it would be to eat a bowl of noodles. 
Um, but yeah, I love the fact that the word noodle itself is German. It's not even it's not even an Asian word. Oh, I did not know that. The noodles. Yeah. Yes. The noodles. Yeah. Basically, it's noodles. It's um. It comes from German noodel, N-U-D-E-L. Um. And yeah, so it's it's quite fascinating that way. Which um, which was originally so noodel or noodel in German was um meant dumpling or um, more literally a small knot or another word for a turd. So that's not exactly the most advertising origin for a word, but it was. But I do have some um, quotes to leave that will be better than the origins of the word noodle, which is not advertising. I have Momofuku Andu, who the creator of the instant noodle who said peace will come to the world when people have enough noodles to eat so that's, that's a guess that one way of looking at things and julia child who said noodles are not only amusing but delicious oh amusing and delicious well they are, amusing. They are fun exactly just like your audio column Amusing and delicious. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. <laughs> Always lovely to have you on the program and for, for all your sharing this week all about noodles. Happy New Year again, and you'll be back again next uh, Wednesday with more uh, audio column sharing. Thank you very much indeed. I will be. Thank you. Bye, Cruzy.